Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast, part two of Diane's Thoughts and Adventures in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to just continue our conversation. Absolutely. But since we're starting a new episode, let's just go ahead and introduce ourselves. My name is Pete, and this is my lovely wife. I'm Diane. Yeah. And just in the last episode, we were sort of recounting her three-week trip into the southern part of Brazil. What was the town name again? Crisuma in Santa Catarina State. Crisuma. Crisuma. How do you spell that? C-R-I-C-I-U-M-A. And there's an accent on one of the I's. That's confusing. So one of the C's is a hard K sound, and the other C is a soft sound? Ha, welcome to Portuguese. Huh. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yes. All right, so we were just going over some of the uh, predictions that you had mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I asked you a few things. What do you think is going to happen in Brazil? Um, We went over, I guess, your expectations for the flight, which you were a little worried about, but it turned out to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. You're a strong, independent woman. Yes. Um, (laughs) You were wondering if it was going to be a laid-back attitude or a bit uh, hardcore work kind of attitude place, Mm -hmm. and it was sort of elements of both, you were saying. Uh Um, We talked about the soap operas in Portugal, Portuguese, Mm -hmm. sorry, Mm -hmm. Portuguese soap operas in Brazil. In Brazil, yep. Um, are they actually made in Brazil or are they from somewhere yes, else? Yes, I asked her. Um, so if you are a Portuguese soap opera star yeah. in Brazil, you are famous. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a really big deal. Yeah, it is a really big deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yes. And apparently a lot of people watch them. And we talked a little bit about how people pronounced your name and I guess how you sort of were seen as a bit of a princess coming into their <laughs> into their country and they were yes. a little wary of you at first for the whole lab. Um, did that eventually change? Did they start to warm up to you like near the end of the trip? Um, everyone was really friendly that I talked to. I never got the feeling that they thought I was this spoiled person coming in. And I think it probably helped that I didn't act like a snob (laughs) while I was there. That's what you say. Um, yes. I mean, I, I, I smiled and, uh, waved at people while they were there and otherwise just focused on the work that I wanted to get done. So I yeah. think it was okay. And I was my normal self. Someone commented that um, they're like, you're just so excited about everything. You love science. <laughs> so we'd you be really do. writing, like helping to write a paper and I'd be like, okay, is this good? Ready to go? And she'd be like, you're just, you're so happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's me. I have a pretty positive attitude about things. Yes. <laughs> it's very true, especially about science. You really, really love science. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's just go into a couple more of these. One of the main topics that uh, was certainly in my mind while I was in Canada and you were in Brazil mm-hmm. was the weather because we were hitting, I believe, a bit of a cold front for a while. I think it was getting yes. to the minus 20s and mm-hmm. 30s with wind chill. And snow. And yeah, we're getting some snow blizzards and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of whole mm-hmm. bunch of fun right there. Um, and so I was like, oh, I wonder how Diane's doing. And then she's like, I'm going to the beach yep. on the weekend. 
Yes. So it was actually cooler than uh, seasonally mm. uh, where I was staying, uh, but cooler meant 20 degrees. Yeah. Uh, so it was fantastic. Uh, and then on the hot days, it would be 30 to 35 degrees. Wow. And what I noticed most was when it is hot in Toronto, you walk outside and you feel like you can't breathe because yeah. it's so humid. And when you walk outside in um, Brazil where I was staying, like no humidity. So you walk out and it's just 30 degrees. So if you are sitting in 30 degrees in the shade, it is very manageable. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like in Toronto, shade, sun, anywhere, you just feel like it's you're in the air, yeah. suffocating because it's so humid. Um, hmm. So that's one thing that I noticed. And, it, you know, it was funny because I brought a pair of leggings and a pair of jeans kind of just as, well, maybe I'll just toss them in my bag in case I need them in the airport. Yeah. And I ended up wearing them. On yeah. a number of occasions, uh, so it was good to have those uh, those extra pieces of clothing. Um, another thing too about Brazil there is that their buildings aren't built to insulate from extreme temperatures. Um, so when it gets cold there, they don't really have a lot of like heating and those kinds of systems. Um, so it's quite cool, and you need an extra blanket is basically how you keep warm. Whereas here turn on the heat so it's right, not right, right. really that uncomfortable like we can say it's minus 10 yeah um, but it's not minus 10 in every single building <laughs> it's just minus 10 so the windows outside. open like um they're not um or is it just insulation they're not open but they're very thin yeah uh so they really are not keeping heat in or right. keeping the heat out that makes sense um, actually yeah and that's just how things Different are built culture. there because you don't need to have super thick walls so why would you spend all that material to make a building that has that when you don't need it and these Um, temperature drops at night mm -hmm. is it a significant drop like you're talking like 15 degrees are you talking like five no no no. it would just go down to yeah like maybe 15 degrees or something along those lines so i just had an extra blanket yeah and it's totally fine it's actually very comfortable um for me and i did notice before leaving that it looked like it was going to rain quite a bit so i ended up leaving my birkenstocks at home because they can't really go out in the rain in the wet yeah they're useless shoes um well they're really great when it's dry (laughs) and they're really great for inside and walking around um so i brought basically my pair of keen sandals uh which can be which can go out in the rain they dry really quickly and they ended up being very useful because it rained probably half the time i was there And when it rains, it rains for like 24 hours. Not here where it rains and in, you know, 20 minutes it'll let up and you can at least get home. It's a hard rain though. It is, it is a, yes, it is a steady rain for 24 hours. Is it like a drizzle? Like Vancouver-y? No, it's a little bit more than Vancouver, but not like downpour. Oh, okay. They do have the occasional downpour, which happened one day in the lab. And that was a very quick downpour and then it stopped and it was really loud because part of the building has basically a sunroof so it's basically these pelts of water hitting this sunroof and you couldn't hear anything on the top floor it was insane um so it would have periods like that but then it also had periods where it just a steady rain for 24 hours it's like i I didn't i was like where is all the water coming from (laughs) and i was sitting eating lunch thinking oh i'll wait an hour I've got my book. I'll just be leisurely. I don't have anything to do today. Yeah. Um, and then I'll stop. walk back. And then it didn't stop. And I'm like, well, I better go back because it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. Right. Uh, so I walked back to the hotel and 
uh, yeah, and it didn't stop. I think I was typing emails to someone um, the next morning, and I was like, it has basically rained for legitimately almost 24 hours yeah. <laughs> because it started yesterday at noon and it still hasn't let up. So, so the whole time you were at the beach, you're at, you're at someone's beach house, actually, which was fancy. Um, was it rain the whole time or did you at least get to enjoy it a little bit, go outside and... Um, so I was actually, I was staying at the prof's house. Mm-hmm. So he has his house and he has his beach house. Oh. So he drove me to his beach house to see it, but I was right. staying in his house in the city. Oh, for um, the weekend you're staying yeah. in his house and his you drove house. out to the beach house. And we drove out to the beach house and he basically gave me a tour of the beach area and the uh-huh. island. Um, and then you left the beach house and went back to his house? Yeah. That's weird. Basically what he did was he invited me to stay at his house, which uh-huh. is in a city. Yeah. Um, and then we drove um, to Florianopolis, that big city with the airport. Yeah. It's on an island. Uh, And the island is beautiful, and it's where all the great beaches are to go surfing and where his uh, beach house is. Right. So he essentially took me on the Saturday and drove me all around the island. Oh, okay. So that's what he did. So you didn't actually stay at the beach. I didn't stay at the beach. I just got to see all the beaches, and that day it was overcast and drizzly. And it wasn't raining a lot, but it was enough that the sun wasn't out, and it wasn't really a day where you would just go hang out at the beach. Right. Yeah. Um, but I got to see all the different beaches and spend some time there and ate some really good food and yeah, it was a really nice trip, I will say. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned in your predictions you were worried about your body adjusting to different foods. Yes. Um, this is kind of something that happens everywhere you go. Um, yeah. I remember being concerned about that when you went to Mexico. Yep. Like, will I... Well, I'd be able to eat all these, and they tell you, no, don't drink mm-hmm. the water, too. I think they told you not to drink the water there, too, right? In Brazil? Uh, no, my mom thought I should not drink oh, the okay. water. The water's fine. <laughs> okay, well, you know, when you're traveling, there's always that, that worry. You always want to be cautious, yeah. Uh, and it's not even just that their food's bad. It's just it's different from what your system is used to, yep. and you might just have a sore tummy or something. Mm-hmm. So what did you find personally? I found that it was fine. No problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend gave me, you can buy like traveler probiotics, which are supposed to like regulate your intestinal bacteria and supposed mm-hmm. to help you like adjust to new things. Um, so I took them for a couple of days beforehand, but I was fine. And I think there was one morning where I might've taken it at the wrong time and oh. then my stomach reacted. Oh, really? So I was like, oh, I'm not going to take those anymore. Or maybe it was the breakfast I had that didn't quite settle. Uh, but I decided not to take them anymore, mm. and I was fine. Um, and a lot of the food there, I was telling you, I felt like there was a lack of vegetables. Right. <laughs> there, it probably was because I was eating in cafeterias and fast food outlets. Um, yeah. But vegetable was like salad. Um, so it was like, you know, lettuce chopped up with like some carrot on it or something. That's it? That was vegetables. Is it iceberg lettuce? Or is it, it was, better lettuce? It was a little bit better than iceberg um, it almost felt like, you know, you can buy packages of shredded lettuce. That's what it felt yeah. like I was eating. Yeah. Um, so kind of prepared and maybe not like the freshest romaine, but something yeah. decent. Right. Um, and then there was always rice and beans, uh, which I think helped, you know, give me some fiber and some vitamins and then some kind of usually chicken in like a batter of some kind and fried. Lots of meat. Lots of meat. Lots of meat, you're and that's saying. That's part of their culture there is they, um, you know, have farms and cattle and they 
will have a barbecue and it will be like a nice big chunk of meat that they kind of slow roast over a fire for eight hours while they're doing other activities. And that's what they eat. So it's really tender and like marinated and really good. That's in, uh, that's in a lot of cultures like Greek Mm -hmm. as well. They have the spit. Yep. Um, do you do you think there's like no vegetarians in that area? Like, do you think that's really le- <laughs> legitimately no vegetables in that area? No, there are vegetables. Like, we went to this really nice barbecue place up in the mountains, and they uh, had quite a lovely assortment of vegetables. Okay, um, so they do exist. I think again, it Is there was tofu? just. I didn't see tofu ever, so probably not tofu. Like where would they get their protein from? Um, the beans and the rice. Oh, yeah. There's lots of that. Um, yeah, I would say it's not a high-priority vegetarianism yeah. <laughs> there. Um, but there is a lot of fruit. Yeah. And a lot of fruit, yes. Yeah. There was a lot of fruit. I always had fruit salad in the morning for breakfast. Yeah, so it's not like they're unhealthy. Like when you first mentioned to me uh, in mm-hmm. our... FaceTime conversations. There's like, mm-hmm. no vegetables. All mm-hmm. I'm eating is meat. Mm-hmm. I thought you were literally saying you were just having a steak every day <laughs> yeah. and then chicken the next day and then a pork the next day. And that's like it. Yeah. I was no. like, wow. There was very minimal vegetables. Again, probably because I was eating at a school cafeteria every yeah. day. And then usually there also isn't really like a dinner time in brazil like you have your big lunch and kind of that snack or coffee break at five and then if you're going out to dinner you go out at like nine o'clock at night for dinner and usually we wouldn't do that we would grab something on the way home or i would make sure i had a big snack at five and then i'd be fine um so it's a little bit different the eating patterns there too but um yeah, I think it was mainly just where I was that their vegetables were lacking. But certainly they put a high priority in how they're going to cook their meat and the side dishes are kind of just side things. So at my workplace, uh, the cafeteria that's in the building is some of the worst food mm-hmm. uh, imaginable. Yeah. It's not even worth eating at because it's just like frozen something heated up in a tin pan yeah like it's just it's just gross it's really terrible and the service is horrible and the people are generally horrible whatever they lost their contract it'll be interesting to see what happens next year um but all that aside Mm -hmm. you say you're always eating out of a school cafeteria is that Mm -hmm. is that a good thing like was it a was it good food or was it kind of um no i would say it was pretty good food um like when I because, hear the word cafeteria, I, yep. it seems like a pejorative term to me. Like it, I, oh. I associate that with just frozen dinners. No, it wasn't actually um, because it had it always had that like chopped up lettuce so you could put uh, carrots or beets on. Um, always had the rice and beans, and then wait, you ate beets? I didn't eat beets. Oh. I said it was an option. Okay. I did not eat them. I was like, you don't eat beets? I don't eat beets. What happened? I still don't eat beets. And they like to do salad with tomatoes, too. And I kind of just push the tomatoes off to the side or not take them. Um, I would say, obviously, the quality of the meat is better at other places. But it wasn't terrible where we were. Okay. So, yeah. And um, pretty much every place you go for lunch is a self-serve thing. And it's either, like, self-serve... And it just costs a flat rate or it's self-serve and you weigh your food. Oh, okay. So uh, you pick what you want to eat that particular day. That's nice. And there was always, yeah, there was always like a decent protein and 
rice and beans and lettuce and some kind of fruit. So, so you I, spoke I uh, you spoke a little bit last episode about learning Portuguese, learning some basics, mm-hmm. and also having people like cheer and get excited yes. when you would say a word in Portuguese yes. or understood a couple things. So when you were ordering food, you were mm-hmm. often on your own or you were with someone from the lab to mm-hmm. help you, but sometimes on your own. Mm-hmm. What was the experience like just getting by a normal day? Like I need to get myself something to eat. And it's something that you know people don't really think about every day. It's so easy yes. for us with our fridges and our um, I don't know, we have our Starbucks or Tim Hortons that we just know where mm-hmm. to go and say, I want this, this, and this. But imagine being in another country where they don't speak English. Yes. Uh, so I think it was very helpful that the first night I was there, uh, my friend was like, do you need dinner? Because I got to the hotel about four. Right. Um, and I didn't want to stop on the way there. I just wanted to get to my final destination. Um, so by the time I was there and settled and she came to visit, she's like, you need food. So we went to get food. Um, And we went to this supermarket and the supermarket is set up so that there's kind of like a Walmart-ish type setup. So they have household things, but also a big grocery store where you can get all your food. Um, And then outside that, they have some fast food chains. So that's where we got food. And there was like Subway, Burger King, Chinese food. And then they had their like burger places um, and such. Uh, so she brought me there. So I knew how to get food from this one station. That was you weighed it and you got a drink. Um, and I knew the grocery store was there. And it was a five-minute walk from my hotel. Yeah. So the days where I had to get some food for myself, I would just walk down there. Yeah. And so the first day, I just went to the kind of uh, Chinese food takeout. Uh, and I knew kind of the drill already, so I was fine. And the next day, I thought, I don't want to do that again. I want to get like, maybe I'll get like a Subway sandwich. And I was totally psyched for it. Yeah. And I was walking over there, and I was like, I have to order this entirely in Portuguese. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, and at Subways, you have to pick all your ingredients. Yeah, and there's so many steps to it. And I was kind of thinking, I was almost ready to like back out. And I was like, no, be brave, do this. <laughs> Nice. I think I became a much braver person while I was there. Hero. <laughs> yeah. So Diane. I went up there and everyone who I ever spoke to at any point during my trip was super nice uh, when I didn't know all the words. Um, and I could say like, hello. And, you know, things like teriyaki are the same in English right. and Portuguese. Yeah. So I wanted the chicken teriyaki and I knew the word for chicken. Also at Subway, you don't realize it until you're trying to order in a different language, but everything is spelled out in front of you. Yeah. All of the words with images. Yeah. So it's actually very easy to order a Subway sandwich. Except pronunciation Um, is different, right? Pronunciation is a bit different. Um, And obviously, like, words for, like, lettuce or carrot or whatever are different words, but I can read the words so I can at least attempt some form of alface, which is... Alface? Yeah, which is lettuce. (laughs) Uh, the one point that I got tripped up on was she asked me something and I didn't know what that was. I'd already told her what kind of bread and what I wanted on it. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, I wonder what she's asking. And I looked confused and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And she turns around, she pulls two pieces of bread out of the oven. Yeah. And one was the six inch size and one was the foot long. Yeah. And I looked, I was like, oh, and I was like, six inch one. I just want the small one. <laughs> And then she prepped it for me, and I just listed the ingredients I wanted. Even the sauces have the name of the sauce on top. Oh, okay. Um, and a lot of words, interestingly, Portuguese and French are very similar. 
Oh, really? So the word for honey in French is miel. Yeah. In French, it's, in Portuguese, it's mel. So oh, okay. Mutar, or like mustard a miel. Yeah. A miel is honey mustard. Oh, okay. So I could figure that much out. Nice. Um, so got my honey mustard sauce and I know the word for drink. So I could just say that I wanted some kind of drink. Ooh, yeah, drinks. So drinks. you were saying there was a limited selection there too, right? There's like no milk ever, yeah. like no chocolate milk, which yeah. I would have loved. Um, but there's like Sprite, Coke, ginger ale. Horrible. All those normal things that you can order. No thanks. And like iced tea. Um, so I would normally get like a small Sprite or something or uh, orange juice. Suco de la ranja. Ah, suco. So I could figure that out so I could get juice. Um, so, you know, I just worked my way through it and I was fine. And I knew how to go to the grocery store. And I figured out that they do ask you a question as soon as you walk up to pay. And I believe the question is something to do with, do you have our loyalty points card? Yeah, do you have an optimum card? <laughs> yeah. And I would just say no. And that got them to just start scanning items. So I figured out that if they just did that... I could just pass through. <laughs> you just become like a rude person. You just, you walk up and you go, no. No, no, no. I waited, like I said, hello no. or good afternoon. And then they'd ask that question. I'd say, no. <laughs> First you would look confused. Like, yeah. uh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's fine. interesting because like we get that here. Yes. There's usually like three or four different sentences. Certainly, yes. uh. Yeah, like shoppers, it'd be like, mm -hmm. hi, do you want to spend $2 towards the United Way? Do you have an Optimum card? Do you want to redeem some Optimum yes. card points today? I was just like, can I just buy my shampoo and leave? Yes. Thanks. Please? Thank you. Can um, we take your postal code? Uh, <laughs> why? No? I don't know what my postal code is. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I always forget it. Uh, yeah, so I was getting to be you know, a bit independent, and... After, you know, after like 14 days where some, the same person has to drive you to school and back every day and make sure you have food, it almost, it felt like it was getting to the point where it was like, I need to just do some stuff on my own because my friend's getting really tired. Yeah. Um, so those were the days where she'd be like, do you need food? And I'd be like, don't worry about it. I've, I've got snacks. I got I've got snacks in my hotel. I can walk to the grocery store. Like, you don't need to do that. Like there was the odd day where she'd be like, I'm really in the mood to go get this. And I'm like, I'm down, sure, yeah. let's go do that. Um, but if that was not the case, then I was totally fine to just do my own thing, to which she was like, that's great. And I was mm. like, really? I mean, the grocery store is just down You're there. You're an independent woman. And she, again, spoke about this postdoc who, if he needed to do anything, you had yeah. to take him to go do it. Yeah. Um, Horrible. Yeah. So that was getting very tiring for them. So I was just trying to help ease the burden there towards the end because I knew it was... It's a lot to have to pick someone up and, you know, look out for them for that long. So of all these foods, is there anything mm -hmm. you tried there that they do entirely differently than we do it here? I know you have an example for the way they pour beer. Yep. But what about, like, foods? like So hot dogs. Hot dogs. Completely different. Okay. Uh, it is, like, the normal sausage wiener thing. Yeah. Um, but unlike here, where you just get the sausage and the bun. Yeah. There, it comes with all this stuff on it. So there's sausage, bun, there's some kind of sauce on it. There's peas and corn and this kind of crusty potato stuff. Oh, wow. Um, and there's, um, I forget what the name is. It's um, basically what it is, is it's uh, part of the palm tree that they've oh, chopped up and really? cooked. It tastes very bland. It's that just like a vegetable. Um, 
It's not. They pickle it, so it kind of tastes like a pickle. Okay. Uh, so they chop that up small and put that in there, too. So you end up with a hot dog that's, like, Covered you know, in stuff. Quite large. <laughs> I like that. That's um, my kind of... And it's, like, wrapped in a napkin and plastic, so you don't yeah. spill everywhere. And we were at the cafeteria, so it actually comes with, like, a bucket. Not a tray, a bucket. Nice. Like a, <laughs> a thing with about two-inch sides on it, so you can... Spill, spill into it because it's so big um but it was really good <clears throat> with all that stuff together yeah what's it called a hot dog it's actually called a hot it's dog it's called a hot dog but when wow. you order a hot dog there that's what you get instead of here where huh. you get the little hot dog okay um, else? obviously their barbecues are quite more substantial than our little itty bitty burgers Oh, yeah. More mm -hmm. uh, portion size. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, there's much larger selection of these big pieces of meat. Yeah. Um, You're not made of cardboard and additives. Not made of cardboard and additives. Not pressed into neat little yeah. circles. Yeah, yeah. None of that. Um, and I would say most everything else is, can be very similar. Sushi? Did you have sushi? I had sushi there. Yeah. Um, I think the fish here is maybe more flavorful. Right. Um, but it wasn't terrible. I did find that they like to uh, make their sushi sushi very artistic. Okay. So it was often a bit of like hot sauce on it or something drizzled on it. They have dessert variations of it. Oh, okay. And they like to put cream cheese in a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> so while good, it was also odd because I'm not used to having that much cream cheese in my sushi. Yeah, I've mm -hmm. never been a fan of that. Um, yeah. But sushi is supposed to be, you know, edible art. So I could see yes. why they're doing that. So yeah, that's fine. Um, so it was good. They also like to take sushi and like dip it in batter and fry it. So you get this whole fried mm. sushi. So um, it was pretty good, I would say. Um, so the beers. Think. Oh, beers. So they like to pour it by cracking open the can and inverting it completely vertical into your cup. Yeah. Which means that you end up with about an inch of foam on top. Yeah. Which... I am used to letting settle before I drink the beer because that's what I'm used to. Um, but someone poured me a beer at a party and immediate we're like, immediately we're like, well, what does How it do taste like? like? It? How do you like it? Is it different from Canadian beer? And I was like, oh, oh you expect me to drink this. Okay, I will drink it. <laughs> and, and that's you got a beer mustache. Do it. Yes. So I guess that's where I put the restraints on and didn't correctly tell them how they should be pouring their beer <laughs> and this happened more than once you said to me it did the first time was with someone who didn't drink so i assumed they might have been a novice yes but then i went to the party and a party goer poured me a beer so now uh, i just think that's how they pour beer okay but well, never a bartender never a bartender okay we well, didn't go to any is, bars uh, this is probably not a thing yes. then. probably not it was just an interesting observation for me uh what was the beer like like a lager? It was light. like a lager. Tasted like kind of like a, a cheap lager that you could buy. Was, was it, it a Brazilian beer? It was, yeah. It was their Brazilian brand. Okay. I forget what the brand was, but their party, they just had like yeah. 48 of these in the fridge. So The Canadian equivalent there. Yeah, pretty much. So it was fine. It wasn't like the greatest beer I've ever had in my life, uh, but it was drinkable. All right. Mm -hmm. Last piece. Mm -hmm. Cars. Traffic. Yes. In Brazil. Yes. So I think it's absolutely horrendous in bigger cities. <laughs> and even in the city I was in, there was quite a bit of traffic. Um, what I found interesting was, uh, well, the motorcycles just weave in and out and don't observe the lanes at all. Right. Uh, but also pedestrians tend to cross 
wherever and whenever they'd like to. Yes. And I find here when people jaywalk, they'll often speed up if they notice that the cars car are now come coming. Yeah. There, they kind of just strolled at the same pace and were just kind of like, well, the car can go around me. <laughs> or hit me. I don't care. Or hit me. Um, so everyone obeys like traffic signals, like stop signs and stop lights, probably because there are radars everywhere. Oh. And you will automatically get a ticket if you don't stop at a red light or they have police stations along the highway and yeah. you have to slow down at those police stations. So they actually, you have to slow right. down at those points too. Yeah. Um, so they have ways of enforcing those speed limits. Um, there's a lot of one-way streets okay. uh, where I was. So it was actually more convenient for my friend to pick me up on the opposite side of the street because if she had to pick me up in front of my hotel, she'd actually have to do like a complete circle in order to get on the right one-way street in order to... Right. Pick me up right in front of my hotel. Yeah. Um, and I would jaywalk each morning across one section of the road because of these weird confirmations of one-way street. In order for me to get to her side, I'd actually have to walk across, walk up, and then walk across, and then back down. And yeah. I just thought it was easier to just walk straight across. And all I did was wait for the one set of cars to stop going. And there was about a pause of about 10 seconds where I could scoot across the street before yeah. the other incoming traffic came. Yes. So I felt that was a reasonable way to do it. Absolutely. We'll say. Uh, you mentioned to me that your hotel was near a major intersection with those cameras that yes. would catch if you were uh, uh, going through red lights. And yep. what happened a lot when we were doing FaceTimes together <clears throat> is I was just constantly hearing squealing brakes yep. and tires. Yep. And you're like, oh, it's just because they need to stop for the red <laughs> lights. <laughs> it's like you would yeah. hear that all night long, right? Yes. So it was actually um, my hotel room faced the street. So it was actually really noisy. Um, yeah. I needed earplugs to go to sleep every night. Yeah. If I woke up in the middle of the night, I could usually take them out and be okay. But it was just so loud. Yeah. Louder than what I was used to here. Um, and it was funny because, uh, one day my friend didn't pick me up. My prof did. Yeah. And he realized that my room was on a side facing the street and he was horrified. Yeah. Two days before you were leaving yeah. or something. Yeah. Two days before I was leaving and he was horrified because he was like, oh, that must be so noisy. Like, how do you sleep? Like we should have gotten you a different room. You want me to change your room now? Yeah. <laughs> like it's What's fine. What's the point? I actually felt like it was interesting to experience that while I was there. Yeah. And it was just fun in the mornings to watch what was going on because on busy days, there would be someone selling towels. There would be someone trying to get money for charity. There would be jugglers that yeah. would do their little busking routine and then yeah. go try and collect money. So there was so much happening that it was really interesting yeah. to just observe too. Yeah. And you so. learned that the jugglers quality ranged based on region too or something. Well, it was just funny driving down the one main road yeah. because I saw the jugglers in front of my um, hotel yeah. that would do, you know, a fairly lengthy routine. Yeah. Um, one guy juggled traffic cones. One wow. guy was on a unicycle juggling, like, wow. you know, pretty decent stuff. And then we were driving to school one day and a guy picked up what looked like homemade bean bags. Yeah. kind of tossed them up in the air, like didn't juggle at all, like kind of t tried to and dropped them all and then just went and tried to collect money. And we're like, you didn't do anything. It's amazing. <laughs> at least do like try. Um, and then it was also uh, funny because I could see the man selling towels. Yeah. 
um, outside my hotel. And if you went in either direction, they got more expensive right. for some reason. So that was interesting, too. Did you buy a towel? Like, why would you need towels? For um, the beach? <laughs> I think it was, um, they were Christmas towels. I could see a Christmas design on them. So I guess people pick up these kind of, they're very cheap looking. I guess they pick up these big are they? cheap towels, like, like a hand, hand towel, towel? sized okay. um, and very thin. So I think maybe people pick up like, they're like maybe like to dry the dishes. So they pick them up to be festive for Christmas and then bring them to their holiday okay. gathering and then kind of forget about them. Like, I feel like it's just something that you pick up quick and cheap, but All right. it's kind of a novelty that you would bring to your destination. I don't know. Hmm. But he was, you know, he was selling out. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe people were sweaty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That too. Um, so it was just interesting. Like, we don't have that on our streets, obviously. No. <laughs> no, we just have homeless people um, who sometimes do things. Yeah. You have the odd, like, squeegee. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, got that too. Case. But, like, uh, I remember one time I was passing Summer Hill um, where mm-hmm. they have, like, the HQ LCBO there. Oh, right. Yeah. And I was going to that place. And this one homeless guy had a uh, fishing rod. Mm-hmm. With a cup in it for the money. And I remember I looked at him and I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. And I think I said, huh, nice, nice job. And I think he misheard me as get a job because he <laughs> flipped out. He just started yelling at me. I was like, whoa, what? Oh. And then I like, ran away from him because he got irate. Yes. Because that's like what the worst thing me? to say to a homeless person. Get mm-hmm. a job. But I was actually, uh, yeah, I was appreciating his little fishing contraption. Mm-hmm. It was clever. Um, one other point about the driving is that occasionally I'll get a ride home or a ride to the subway from my own prof. And he has an interesting way of driving where that he changes lanes a lot based Mm -hmm. on where the traffic is. And I don't really understand it because I mean, in the end, you're probably not getting anywhere that much faster, but that's just what he does here. Yes. And he'll like occasionally signal, sometimes not if there's like no one really behind him and he kind of squeezes in (laughs) everywhere. And I thought it was interesting. Um, and then I went to Brazil, and that's how they all drive in Brazil. Right. So he has brought that back, that part of him, to Canada. It's so, part of their learner's permit. Yeah, it's part of just how they drive. Uh, so I'll tell him that, that he drives like a Brazilian still. Yeah, he'll like that. <laughs> so that was an interesting observation. All mm-hmm. right, so any additional points outside of that? That's all of the ones that I had written down. I think we covered a lot of... Really? A lot of the stuff. I had one other point about, I found making plans with people was interesting. Okay. Um, so they're usually late. Yeah. Uh, which I think is kind of a cultural thing that things are sometimes late. Usually things like a thesis defense or something seem to start on time, but other things seem to happen a little bit later. Certainly mm-hmm. when I was getting picked up, she'd kind of mention a time and it would be way later than that actual time. Right. Um, and I found that when she was in Canada too, if I wanted her here at a certain time, I'd tell her half an hour earlier than when she needed to be there. Um, and then she'd show up relatively on time. Yeah. Um, and I found like making plans when I'm making plans with my prof here, I tell him in advance, he usually forgets or kind of confirms closer to the date. And it's always like things aren't really set in stone, even though they kind of are set in stone. And I found that in Brazil too. Like people would say, we're going to do this on the weekend. And then that wouldn't end up happening. And it was almost like you had to test it like three days before it'd be like, so he's coming at seven. I'm like, yeah, I know. Cause you told me four days ago that he's coming at seven. (laughs) 
it's oh no but now it's but, actually happening. yeah but he he's coming at seven to pick you up like that's still good i'm like well yes what else would i be doing yeah <laughs> but um so i found that was just interesting how they made their plans and arranged things and they're very i think it's you know their laid-back attitude like yeah we could do that that day yeah. let's just see how we are at that particular time and no offense if it doesn't work this is just this is how it rolls. Yeah. So again, getting an understanding of that that culture, that's the way they do things, that was interesting as well. I feel like you really don't understand like Brazil and someone's different culture until you're actually there immersed in it for a period of time. Which is good for you because, yeah, mm-hmm. you're dealing with that a lot in your particular lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I think I'm going to adopt is this coffee time. I like, I like that idea. It's like four o'clock or something. You take a little coffee break. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For a half hour. Yeah. Let's see if my boss will go for that. <laughs> Sounds right good. before you have to leave. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it at three. Yeah. Um, it was nice. I can see the merit in like going out, um, and you know, taking time to be social and get away from the lab. Um, yeah, it clears your mind. It does. Uh, honestly, you do need mm-hmm. to take breaks at work. Like, yeah. If you, you just go a solid whatever, you, you're mm-hmm. not as productive mm-hmm. as if you take a little, a little, yes. a little break. I can see that. It was really odd the one day we got there quite late, like at 1130. Um, so we planned what we wanted to do for that day. And then my friend was like, so lunchtime? <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. You just got there. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done anything yet. Um, but, you know, the lunch places are only open a certain period of time. So mm. you go now or you're going to miss it. And then what do they close do? during the day, like at certain hours? Um, the uh, like the main like cafeterias would close at certain hours. Mm. There was still smaller places that would have snacks all the time. Really? Um, but that's not a lunch. It's just a snack. Right. So if you want your big lunch meal, you got to go at a certain time. Generally, mm. I don't. I don't want a big lunch meal. I know. I'm not used to it. Ooh, and this Christmas, yeah. man, it's been rough. There's yeah. so many big meals. Yes, there has been. I think I did much better this year in controlling how much I eat. Yeah. And in just really appreciating the food I put on my plate. Yeah, I tried to. I tried to, but I think uh, think it started with that wedding we went to on the 21st. Uh That was was a great lunch, but that was just so much food, three-course meal. And I've basically been full since the 21st of December. (laughs) Um, And now we're in January. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to make some room here. Well, I made soup recently, so we're kind of trying to get back to normal. Dial a little it bit. down. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Anything else for about Brazil? I think that's it. I'm sure some stories will come up maybe here and there Lovely. as we talk about other topics and get back to our normal podcast routine. And that we will do. Mm-hmm. So that about concludes it for this one. It does. I think last time we forgot to thank Field Processor. So shout out to Field Processor for our intro and outro music. Oh, yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have any ideas or questions, comments about the podcast, send us an email at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. We do check them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems to be everything. Yes. With that, thank you, everyone. Enjoy your, I hope you enjoyed your holiday and your new year. Let's make 2017 a good one. We'll see what will happen. Yes. With the states and all these new things. Mm-hmm. It'll be exciting. And Canada's 150. Yeah. It's time to party our baby country status. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So until next time. Take one more for, for the, the road. road.